1: You know, sin will blind you to the point where it doesn't matter if you're walking to your death. Law is pleasing, and that's what happened with demons here, and that's what happens to uh, many Christians today. The world will always be appealing. It'll, it'll be your friend. It will pull you away, drift you away from the things of God. Things in the world will always be more interesting, more entertaining. That's why entertainment is now making its way into the church.
0: When you walk around blindfolded, you quickly become disoriented and aren't able to get your bearings about where you are. You even have to rely on others to help you get where you need to be. But what if what you're depending on ends up influencing you further into darkness? Today, Pastor Eddie discusses the strong gravitational pull of the world and its desires, vying for your attention, and pulling you further away from God. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4. As he begins his message, Paul's final instructions.
1: Second Timothy, Chapter Four. We're going to read from verses nine through twenty two. So let us go before the Lord. We want the Lord to speak to us. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you're always giving. And Lord, uh, it's impossible for us to create a list of what, how you blessed us, Lord. We blessed us with your son, Jesus. And Lord, not only that, you blessed us, Lord, with the word. And Lord, we ask now that your Holy Spirit continue to be with us as we continue our worship with the Word. So Lord, speak to us, Lord. Lord, this epistle that we have before us, Lord, was written by, inspired by men, but written by you, Lord. I mean, inspired by you, written by man, Lord. But Lord, you you are speaking to us today through your Word. And, Lord, we know there have been many who have died for the sake of the gospel. As we look at our nation, the men and women who fought for our freedom and our way of life, there are godly men and women who have died to keep the gospel, to share the gospel. And, Lord, here we are this morning continuing to study your words. So, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit who inspired the Apostle Paul to write this letter to Timothy, not only to Timothy, but for the pastors today, for the church today, for the believers. Um, it still is alive. So we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher, not man, not me. May you open up, Lord, our ears that we may hear our eyes to see, our minds to understand your word, and our hearts ready to receive. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 9, Paul writes, Be diligent to come to me quickly. For Demas, have forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed to Thessalonica. Cretan, for Galatia. Titus, for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Greet Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for the ministry. For Tychicus, I have sent to Ephesus. Bring the cloak that I have left with Carpus at Troas, When you come, and the books, especially the parchments, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not not be charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of lions and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisca and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus, Erastus stayed in Corinth, but um, Trophimus I have left in Miletus sick. Do your utmost to come before winter. Eubulus greets you, as well as Prudence, Linus, Claudia, and all the brethren. The Lord Jesus Christ be with you, be with your spirit. Grace be with you. And all God's people say, Amen. In our last study, we looked at verses 1 through 8, 2 Timothy chapter 4. In verses 1 through 4, Paul commands us to preach the word. And we saw that even though this is a pastoral epistle, it's applicable for each and every one of us. As born again Christians, as believers and followers of Christ, we're all called to. The Greek word is keruso. We're all called to keruso, and that is to preach. That is That means to herald, to proclaim publicly the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then in verses 6-8, Paul began his valedictory. In verse 7, he writes, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. And that is a call, a charge for each and every one of us. That when we come to, uh, to, to, to faith in Christ Jesus, we walk by faith, but we're to finish. We have to fight the good fight. And we're not talking about a physical death because our battle is not with flesh and blood but against principalities and darkness. Um, And so we're to fight the good fight and to be able to uh, fight for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so are we able to do this in and of ourselves? We can't, but through Christ we can because in Christ we can do all things through Christ. Jesus tells us in Philippians chapter four, verse 13, and he will never leave us nor forsake us. Um, We find that in Hebrews and also he's the author and finisher of our faith, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And so that brings us to the end of our study of 2 Timothy. We're going to look at verses 9 through 22 of chapter 4, and Paul gives his final instructions and his farewell. He's about to be put to death. This is his last letter. We're reading the very last words of the apostle Paul that he has put Pentapirus written to uh, Timothy uh, to the church. Um and knowing that he's going to be put to death, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. In other words, they say they're going to kill me. They say they're going to uh, execute me, uh, but that's not the true story. I am being poured out. My life is an offering unto the Lord. And I'm dying for Christ Jesus. He gives no credit to Rome nor to Nero Caesar. He gives his life for Jesus Christ. And so his life was an offering unto the Lord. Now we're going to look at verses 9 through 22. And Paul is going to mention about 17 names, I believe. A lot of names. Names that I'm pretty sure we won't call out children, most of them. We can't barely pronounce them. We don't even know their names. They sound like characters of Star Wars. (laughs) Anisophorus is with you. (laughs) Anyway, let's look at verse nine. We read the text. Let us study it verse by verse. Verse nine, he says, "Be diligent to come to me quickly." And so he is. He uh, as he closes out, he encourages and he tells Timothy to come to him quickly. He's about to be put to death. And he calls for his dearest, his closest companion in the faith, in the ministry, Timotheus, Timothy. Without doubt, all who knew of Paul, all the churches, whether they're in Asia Minor, whether they're in Rome or uh, in Jerusalem, those who knew the apostle Paul knew that there was one who was beside him like a son, Timothy. They considered him as the son of, of the Apostle Paul. He writes to the church of Corinth. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. He said, for this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. He writes to the church in Philippi, Philippians chapter 2, verse 22. He says, but you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the the gospel and he writes to Timothy when we study 1 Timothy chapter 2 I'm sorry chapter 1 verse 2 to Timothy a true son in the faith a true son in the faith also in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 2 both them, 1 Timothy 2 Timothy he said to Timothy beloved son and so Paul writes to his son in the faith and he tells him, be diligent to come to me quickly. Timothy, come, come to Rome and come to me as, come to me as soon as you can. His request was extremely urgent, knowing that he wants to uh, make sure he leaves final instructions. This whole letter, Second uh, Timothy, uh, Paul wrote, knowing that his time was up. So giving final instructions to a pastor, young Pastor Timothy, he already gave, uh, you know, how he already wrote to Timothy, 2 Timothy, that is, um, you know, how the church ought to conduct themselves in the house of God. It gave us... uh, instructions of what it is to be a deacon, the qualification of pastors, leaders, deacons. And that has changed throughout the years of the church, since the early church. uh, There are so many um, ways that churches are now laying hands and ordaining deacons and elders and pastors that are not biblical. The Bible gives us instruction how leaders are to be selected, called, called. The qualifications are in First Timothy. Now they just, uh, they vote in, not lay hands away for God to call. They vote in their leaders. They pick out those who probably make large contributions to the church or probably really popular or loved by people. Uh, that's not what the Lord tells us in the scriptures, uh, the qualification of a leader. But Paul gave those instructions to Timothy. Um, And then he goes on now to 2 Timothy, and he is about to uh, pass his mantle of ministry to Timothy, knowing that this is it. I just want to make sure I cover all the bases. But you'll find almost all of Paul's epistle, uh, the warnings of false teachers, false prophets, false doctrines, that is throughout all his epistles, all of it. And so when we talk about it quite often here, number one is because that's what we're studying. <laughs> when we get to Paul's epistle, if he's talking about false teachers, that's, that's why we're talking so much about it. There's a reason why it's in the scriptures. It's, it's a warning for the church. It's a warning for you and I. We can all drift away uh, easily by falling to another Jesus, another gospel. And apostle Paul knows that. But here he, he comes in, he calls Timothy, we have to factor in that the uh, Timothy is not around the corner. He's not in Rome at this time, and so when he writes to Timothy to uh, to be diligent to come, uh, Paul already knows. It's about. It's estimated by some scholars about maybe two months by the time he Timothy gets the letter from the apostle Paul and makes his trip. But we're going to find that. Um, as he's telling Timothy to hurry up, um, you know, to make it to him as quickly as possible, he gives, he, he gives him some instruction to make a, a stop. Uh, we're going to see that as we go. And so he says in verse 10, uh, verse 9, I'm sorry, be diligent to come to me quickly, verse 10, for Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world and has departed but now demas is the, is the first name we come across. His name means ruler of people, and all his name also means popular popular. And his name is only mentioned three times in the New Testament. And it's the same person here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, also in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14. And as we read these two verses about Demas, notice the change in his life. Colossians chapter 4, verse 14. Uh, Paul writes this, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greets you. So the first thing we know about Demas, this popular guy, is that he's a greeter. He's a greeter. The second time he's mentioned is Philemon. Philemon doesn't have, it's only in one chapter. So Philemon, verse 24, it says this. Mark writes this, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, and my fellow laborers. So Demas, at one time, he was a greeter, and then he was known as a laborer. Now we see here he's a forsaker. He's a forsaker. You know, ministries always start well. Leadership and those that have been called into leadership start well. The question is, would they finish well? And that applies for all of us. We need to be careful. That's why there's always warnings as how we walk, be vigilant. Do not drift away. Because Christians do drift away. And that's the reality of it. As we walk in the Lord, Christians do drift away from the Lord. And what do they do? Whether they drift away from the Lord too, they drift away to the world. And that's exactly what's happened to Demas. He's forsaken the apostle Paul. And I'm pretty sure Paul wouldn't mind that he forsake forsake him. Paul, I'm pretty sure, would be happy if he continued on with the Lord. But the mentioning here is not so much the forsaken, it's the the fact that he left the Lord. And it's a serious thing. I mean, parents, we know that when we have prodigals, our sons and daughters drift away from the truth, you know, it, it hurts, it breaks our heart. It does the same for the Lord. That's why Jesus gave one of the greatest parables of the, you know, prodigal son. But here, Demas walks away in this, it's totally contrast from what Paul had just finished saying, just a few verses prior. We studied last week in verse 8. In verse 8, he tells us that those who continue in the faith will receive a crown of righteousness, a crown of righteousness for those who love his appearing. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, this is what he says finally there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me, only, but also to all, that's for you and I, who have loved his appearing. Demas, no longer loves loving the appearing of the Lord, uh, Mr. Popular um, is now forsaken the Apostle Paul, and he's fallen in love with the things of the world, and so he's in love with this present world, as the Apostle Paul says. You know, the world would always be appealing. Just read the story in Exodus, how the children of Israel was, were delivered out of 400 years of bondage. And once they get to the desert, a place where we all need to be to seek the Lord, they end up wanting to go back. And it's just to show you that, you know, sin will blind you to the point where it doesn't matter if you're walking to your death. As long as pleasing and that's what happened with Demas here, and that's what happens to uh, many Christians today. The world will always be appealing. It'll it'll be your friend. It will pull you away, drift you away from the things of God. Things in the world will always be more interesting, more entertaining. That's why entertainment is now making its way into the church. But Jesus makes it clear in Luke chapter 9, verse 25. He says, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world? And is himself destroyed a loss a loses his soul. John the Beloved writes this in his epistle, 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 16. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's something we need to examine, by the way. And remember, if you're taking notes, remember this verse, if you love the world and the things of the world, you need to check because according to scripture and Scripture's not lying, he said for the love of the father is not in that person. If you love the world and the things in the world, verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but of this world. These are the three things that started in the garden. Lust of the eyes, pride of, uh, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are the three things that Satan tempted Jesus when he was in the desert. In the garden was a fruit. In the desert, Jesus was a piece of bread. Lust of the eyes. It looks nice. In the desert... Look at the world. They put them in the top of the pinnacle. Yeah, see if you, see if you could throw yourself off. In the garden, is to make you wise. In the desert with Jesus, it's to give you the kingdom. And these are the three things that the enemy is always tempting, each and every one of us. And we see this is a shame that you see people have gradually start They begin their relationship with Jesus Christ. And what happens when you're not under the spout where the glory comes out? I like that quote from Chuck Smith. What happens when you're not in the word? What happens when you're not in fellowship? What happens when you're not really meditating and thinking about God, taking a walk and spend time and talk to him? And this is what happens with Demas Verse 10, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, and Cretan for Galatia. Galatia is Greece. Uh, We don't know much about him. He's not mentioned. He's only mentioned here, but his name means growing. Then he goes at the end of verse 10, Titus for Dalmatia. And so Titus, his name means nurse, protected, honorable, and Titus departs to Dalmatia, which is now modern-day Yugoslavia. And so uh, if you look at your map, for those of you who are into geography, there you go. But Titus um, is the same Titus in which Paul writes his epistle, Titus, which we'll look more into his life um, at the beginning of our intro, introduction to the epistle of Titus. That letter was written uh, right after 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. It was written right in between uh, the two letters to Timothy. The next person in verse 11 is Luke. In verse 11, he says, only Luke is with me. And this is Luke, the physician. Remember, he called him the beloved physician. Colossians chapter 4, verse 14. He says, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greets you. Uh, Luke, the name means light giving, luminous. Uh, he's the one that the Holy Spirit inspired to write the Gospel of Luke and also the book of Acts. And he's also a physician. If you're an apostle like, like the Apostle Paul and you go out in ministry, you're going to need a 24-7 physician because <laughs> he's always getting stoned. I'm not talking about smoking. He's always getting whipped. He's talking. He's always getting <laughs> twice he was left dead. I mean, come on. You need a, a 24-hour physician. a a doctor but even though at this time he may have not needed luke as a physician we see that luke is a faithful companion to the apostle paul
0: thanks so much for joining us today here on running the race Pastor Eddie has been talking us through the book of 2 Timothy in this series, which is found in the Pauline epistles. As Paul's life and ministry are coming to a close, he writes to remind Timothy that although there were those that treated him poorly, there were also good people, faithful in helping him fight the good fight. In essence, this letter catches Timothy up on exactly who those men and women were, so that he's better prepared to effectively continue the ministry. Standing by your convictions and faith is no simple feat. And Paul understood that Timothy needed to know who he could depend on for help. Besides Jesus, of course. Are you in a season where there's a struggle at every turn? If you're looking for help to navigate those difficulties or simply need someone in your corner, here's Jessica with an invitation just for you.
1: We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Home page button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com.
0: Thanks, Jessica. What a great invitation for those in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area. Remember that you can find more messages from Pastor Eddie on that same website, runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks so much for joining us today on Running the Race.